A lot can go right. A lot also can go wrong. And sometimes it only takes one thing to go wrong. Good morning to you. Good Wednesday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Steelers. Comes your way bright and early every weekday. If you're into hockey and or baseball, I also offer Daily Shots of Penguins and Pirates where you found this. We are exactly three weeks out from the first practice on Chuck Knoll Field. That'll be at 2.55 p.m. sharp in Latrobe, Pennsylvania. And I do mean sharp when it comes to this particular head coach. And for all we know, and don't bite my head off for this, but the worst thing that could happen to the team all season long could happen within five minutes of the first stretch because someone important can get injured. I'm not even going to name names because I don't want you to visualize it. But injuries are obvious. Injuries are the undoing of even the best teams in the NFL. I'd like to set them aside, even though we all know and should accept that injuries are part of the game and they will happen to this team as well as to all the others. What I find myself thinking about today is more along the lines of which is the performance the singular performance, one player, that if that player lets you down, you're just hosed. You got nothing. You got no chance of making the playoffs out of the AFC North. And there are a few candidates, not just a couple. I would look at someone like, say, Tyson Alulu, who's going to be 35 years old. Yes, we know how he did play before the ankle injury that cost him most of the 2021 season. But we also know that he's a lot older now. And we further know that if he can't perform at something close to that previous level, you know, there are guys, you know, you can just go with two down linemen and have Cam Hayward and Larry Ogunjobi out there and mix in Montrevious Adams or the younger guys based on their situational strengths. but. Tyson is a is a variable here, and he's probably not all that different than Ogunjobi himself in that regard. So maybe I should just lump the defensive linemen together in that pack, meaning the non-cam guys. Because let's face it, the defensive line was a big, big reason. Last year didn't go well for this team. How about Akella Witherspoon? How about him? Do we safely assume that because we saw him deliver a handful of splash in the second half of last season that he's going to be that guy? That he's going to be someone who can hold down 17 games on the outside? What happens when he falls off a bit, as all corners do? How does he bounce back from adversity? Or does he let it get to him and let it beat him down? We don't know that. If there's a hole in the secondary, even one, Poof goes everything. On the offensive side, you, know, you can look at the quarterbacks. That's easy. Okay, that's the lowest hanging fruit. But here's the thing. If Mitch Trubisky starts out rough, if he has two, three, even four lousy or subpar games, what's going to happen as a result? Yeah, that. And everyone will be fine with that, meaning, of course, Kenny Pickett would come in and take his place. 
by popular demand. And when Kenny runs onto the field for the first time, it's going to be awesome. It's going to be, yay, here we go. This is just like when Ben took Tommy Maddox's place. So I can't even count quarterback. And I'm not going to, I'm not going to cheat this exercise either. I'm going to select one player, one, who could blow this all up. This portion of Daily Shot of Steelers is brought to you by Point Park University. Choose from nearly 100 career-focused programs leading to bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees. Choose when and how you'd prefer to do that studying, whether it's at Point Park's gorgeous downtown Pittsburgh campus, whether it's online, maybe a flexible hybrid format would work best for you. Find out more about all of this at pointpark.edu. Now, before I get to my one player who could blow this all up, I feel like it's worth repeating that I'm not factoring in injuries here. Yes, obviously, given the current roster, if Najee Harris goes down, that's a real problem. That means you have essentially no running game because you're left with Benny Snell, Anthony McFarland, or whatever, and whoever the Steelers come away with from the outside following the preseason. But I'm not doing that. I'm presuming health, and I'm evaluating instead potential performance. And the one guy who jumps out at me more than anyone else, the swing vote in my election, is Chase Claypool. It has to be Chase Claypool, doesn't it? No, I'm not piling on here. I'm not criticizing before the fact. All I'm saying is, if he isn't, who he's supposed to be, if he were to fall off, or if I'm being blunt here, if he were to just stay at the same level that he was last season, this offense doesn't have a chance. It doesn't have a reasonable replacement for him, and it doesn't have the opportunity that's needed there to be more dynamic, to stretch the field out, to push the other team's secondary back off the line of scrimmage to open up crossing routes over the middle, something that Chase, by the way, is pretty good at. Deontay Johnson can't do these things that I'm talking about. I mean, occasionally, occasionally, you'll see him get the deep ball. You'll see him spring for extra yardage. But when you're thinking of big pop offense on this team, who are you thinking of? And don't don't give me George Pickens. He he still hasn't done anything. He still hasn't done anything in the National Football League. We have no idea. We have no idea what he'll do in this league. We also don't know and can't be sure about his return to health from his knee injury in college. He's going to need time. I really believe that. I don't think this is going to be some uh, instant smash hit. But Chase, he's got no choice. And he's got the talent, just ask him. I I might be the only person in town who didn't criticize Chase for his self-assessment that he sees himself as a top five or a top three receiver in the NFL. He should. He should. Tell me what it is that he can't do. You've seen the stumbles. You've seen the lack of fight for a 50-50 ball. You've seen inconsistency. But what you haven't seen with Chase is a ceiling. You've seen him make incredible catches. You've seen him make routine catches and turn them into really big plays, including touchdowns. You've seen him 
look at times unstoppable in the red zone, regardless of how he gets the football. This is the player that's needed. This is the wild card. I'm going to say this again. I'm not being negative here at all about him. Quite the opposite. I'm saying that he can be the difference. I'm also saying that maybe he needs to be the difference. When we come back, J1Q. portion of Daily Shot of Steelers is brought to you by our friends at Mike's Beer Bar. They're located directly across Federal Street from PNC Park. They are the one, the only, the premier destination in Pittsburgh for craft beer. More than 500 craft beers available, more than 350 of those local, and more than 80 of those on tap. Mike's can't be topped. Not for beer, not for the awesome kitchen and menu that's available, not for all the special events that are going on there. Check them out online at mikesbeerbar.com. Mike's Beer Bar, right across Federal Street from PNC Park. And today's J1Q comes from Robert Ryder, who asks, how many of those 5,000 Steelers fans in Latrobe are spies or scouts for other teams? That's fantastic. Robert, I got to share with you a running joke I have. This isn't in Latrobe, but this is on the south side at the UPMC Rooney Sports Complex, where the Steelers do, you know, 95% of their practicing. There's a building that shot up on the south side uh, near the get-go that's on the other side of the train tracks, if you're familiar with that area. It's hard up against the Monongahela River. I actually don't even know what's in that building, but when it went up, which was only about four or five years ago, I would repeatedly joke that this was Baltimore Ravens headquarters, like the satellite operation in Pittsburgh, because these windows rise up above the train tracks, well above them, and above any other fences that are there. And I got to tell you, man, I don't know how some NFL team hasn't found a place in there, you know, that just claimed that they were like A1 roofing or something and said, yeah, we'll take this spot, right? No, 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 not the one with the good view. The one here that's looking back at the football fields. Yeah, we'll take that. Don't mind us. We're just here to fix roofs. Now, in Latrobe, with the public there, obviously, anything is fair game. The Steelers have tried at different points to encourage fans to not shoot video. They were doing this at Heinz Field whenever the training camps had to move down there in pandemic time. And please don't do this and please don't put it on on social media, whatever. But ultimately, you can't you can't regulate that. They don't have any kind of authorization to tell fans what to do with video. And that applies all the more out at St. Vincent, where it's all free. You could, although this campus setting is kind of remote and not really on the way to anything walking-wise, but you could theoretically just walk right on there. They can't tell you what to do. So you do have fans that are shooting everything. Um, You might or might not have spies up there, but it's not like the Steelers are unaware of this. They know exactly 
which sessions are open to the public. They know exactly which sessions aren't. And what they're doing in Latrobe, for the most part, isn't going to give away company secrets to the Bengals in advance of the opener. They're not going to run extraordinarily unusual plays. You save those for two and a half weeks later when you can move your practices back to the south side. And if you think about it, that makes sense. What you need to do in Latrobe is to separate bodies. You need to separate personnel. And the best way to do that is to see who can execute the basic stuff. Because if you can't even do that or someone else is executing the basic stuff better than you are, then you're going to get cut. And you do have to get from 90 to 53. That's the top priority out there. In addition to conditioning, camaraderie, and all that other camp stuff, you start getting down to X's and O's, especially the intricate stuff, once you get down to the south side. Really, really good question, if only because it allowed me to tell that Ravens building headquarters story. (laughs) Anyway, let's do this again tomorrow. 